Hey, hey, y'all. This is Camila Chevelle. You can call me Cam. And welcome, welcome everyone to the very first episode of my podcast, The Cosmic Goddess. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so grateful that you all are here joining me and listening. I know this will be a wonderful trip and I'm just so happy that you're here for the ride. So let's go. So before we dive deep into this cosmic goddess journey of ours, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Camila Chevelle. You're welcome to call me Cam. And uh, just a bit about me. I am from Pasadena, California, representing the 626. Hello. Hello. I'm also a singer, songwriter, and performer. I have my own EP out on all streaming platforms called Oshun's Air. That's O-S-H-U-N, Oshun's Air. Again, available on all streaming platforms. My latest single, Boy Bye, has a video on Vivo, Tidal, and YouTube that you can also find on my EP. I've also toured with the Brothers Johnson, world-famous funk legends who have come up under Quincy Jones. I have been featured on three of Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band singles on three individual albums. I've collaborated with many different artists in the R&B and hip-hop industry, and I am on my journey to ascend to blow up as Jamie Foxx likes to call it. So, you will be hearing my shit. I also curse. I know I put that on the tagline for this podcast, but just so you know, it's part of my vocabulary. And we're adults, so at this point, grow up. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you here to the Cosmic Goddess. I am someone who I'm not a licensed therapist, I'm not a psychiatrist, psychologist, but a bitch go to therapy every Monday at 9am. Been doing that for some years now. I also am an avid student of Auntie Ayanla Van Zant, creator of the show Fix My Life, which you can also find on Oprah's network. She does a multitude of other things, but probably what you'd know her best for. I'm pretty much into self-help, crystals, the metaphysical, I burn sage, palo santo, I dress my altar, I have candles, I'm very much into keeping my chakras in alignment as much as possible, I'm the person who meditates and does positive affirmations, I do yoga, I'm vegetarian, sometimes pesca, so I'm about that life. I have started this podcast because Uh, I noticed that when I got into wanting to fix some of the childhood trauma and experiences that I went through, that there really wasn't a safe haven. There really wasn't a forum, a collective, a community of other women or like-minded people, period, who were in that same space. I feel that on our journeys in life, um, we go through phases. And I, in particular, was in the phase where I started to accept and take responsibility and hold myself accountable for what was showing up in my life, which ultimately led me to the path of self-healing. And as I said, on that path, it was very difficult for me to find anyone who was in the same headspace as I was in resonating with where it was that I was trying to go. I basically just felt like I knew like something in me, there was a knowing within 
that I could rise higher and be greater than my choices and what was currently being presented in my life. And I literally, literally was like, listen, if you don't get your shit together, girl, we're going to end up on the next season of Snapped. There's no way around it. No way whatsoever, period. You've got to get your emotions in check. You've got to get your boundaries, which at the time I had none in check. You've got to, you know, use discernment, open that third eye chakra and be able to discern when bullshit's coming your way. Because being someone who is talented and beautiful and intelligent, and that's no cap, I'm not being conceited. I'm just being honest. You attract a lot. You attract a lot anyway, just having a vagina. Niggas don't give a fuck. But in my experience, I especially attract. So it's not so much about what is coming to me. It's more so about what I'm allowing to let stay in my life. And if that energy is not resonating with the frequency that I say I want to live on, which is self-acceptance and self-love and self-respect and being in a relationship that is healthy and reciprocal and that has dignity, then there are some things that need to be explored on my part as to why I allow lower vibrational energy, i.e. men, choices, situations, habits into my life. So that thrusted me on the path of self-healing and I am still on that path. It is a never-ending path, but I am now at the point in that where I am willing and able to share my experiences with others in the hopes that um, you guys can use me as an example, you know, maybe something, someone to look to. Just community, again, having a collective, that's very important. So thus, my baby, the cosmic goddess was born. As far as my title, um, like I said, I'm very much into the metaphysical, which is the exploration of uh, the unknown, you know, and and the great thing about being metaphysical is it's not something that you can tangibly always speak on. But like I said, there's an inner knowing that is just innate. I feel we all have souls. I definitely have a soul and I've definitely been here before. So tapping into the metaphysical allows me to kind of drop these third dimensional barriers such as my body and um, ego and things of that nature to be able to really see myself and know myself. And so cosmic embodies all of that. Um, That's just that's my thing. Like I said goddess um i use goddess and queen interchangeably i have noticed personally if i'm not you know correct me if i'm wrong but what i've noticed lately is that the fuck boys are starting to pick up on the word queen because it used to be like back in the day like five six years ago if a dude was trying to get at you and he called you a queen it would make you raise your eyebrows like hmm he different he come in different he called me a queen now all these bum ass niggas, that's like their go to word for when they want to appear to come across as like they have something going on, but they ain't got shit. So you'll hear me say goddess more than you'll hear me say queen, but I am both. I use them both interchangeably and goddess um, represents my highest self. I am a woman that garners great adoration and I just think very highly of myself. I didn't have great esteem 
before my self-healing journey, but I definitely recognize my inherent value. There's nothing I need to say, do, or be, or accomplish in order to be worthy inherently of being loved and accepted. And on this path, I've elevated my status to goddess. So like it, love it, hate it. That's a reflection of you, boo, not me. There's nothing wrong with me loving myself to the fullest. I think it's really asinine to be upset when someone expresses themselves or or expresses about themselves um, self-love or deep love for themselves because why does that bother you? And that's something we're going to talk about as we get into healing and the different topics that we discuss. I've learned that most of what people do is a reflection of what's going on inwardly with them, not with you. And when you learn that, it makes it so much easier to not be uh, taken aback or reactionary to any of the bullshit that some of these humanoids be doing. So that's a pretty long introduction, but just to give you some background on where I'm coming from and what knowledge base I have bringing to the table in this discussion of our healing. And again, I want this to be a safe space, although this is called the Cosmic Goddess because that is who she is, that is who I am. I want everyone to feel welcome and safe here. Kings, queens, gods, goddesses, all walks of life, sexual orientations, religious beliefs. I'm a person who is open and I feel that we're all interconnected. So there's definitely going to be something here for anyone who chooses to listen and anyone who's ready to hear this message and these messages are for you. Question. What's your favorite streaming service? Apple Music? Tidal? Spotify? Google Play? Pandora? I could go on and on. Well, guess what? I independently released an EP called Ocean's Air, and it's available on all these streaming platforms and more. My first single and video, Boy Bye, is also available on Vivo, Tidal, and YouTube. So, support Black-owned business. Support indie artists. Support R&B. Support local artists. <laughs> Just support. I know there'll be a track you vibe to. Here's a little snippet of my latest single, Boy Bye, available everywhere. So, my next segment is called You Sus. And let's just all get on the same page as far as defining what sus is. So sus is a shortening of the word suspect. And we all know that that means when something is suspicious, something in the milk ain't clean, something just ain't right. Like this is questionable, questionable behavior. Okay. So the purpose of this segment, you sus, is to go over different experiences that we have, whether it be with ourselves or with other people that are suspect. And we will explore how to deal with that. So for today's topic, I'd like to discuss apologies. More specifically, people who do not know how to apologize. And this is a very dangerous thing. And I've noticed that this is also a very common red flag, specifically amongst narcissists who tend to gaslight. And we'll get into that as well. 
So I'm not referring to someone who just doesn't know how to form an apology. Maybe, you know, like that was a shitty apology. I'm talking about people who when you bring up the concept of what an apology is, they literally are like crickets, don't know what you're talking about. And it can become very dangerous because if you are in any type of relationship with these sorts of people, whether it be friendship, romantic, or otherwise, it's going to be very hard to navigate that relationship without being able to uh, have reciprocity because at some point, apologies are going to be necessary. I want you guys to send your useless moments to my email at the cosmic goddess podcast at gmail.com because I'd love to cover your topic on the next episode. Okay, moving on to apologies. So I've mulled this over, I've thought about it, and the only thing that I can really attribute it to is lack of self awareness, lack of emotional intelligence, and ego. Ego is like the singular most destructive thing to growth and healing and evolution that I have ever encountered in all my days. It's it's terrible. Ego is like the devil. Y'all remember the water boy, Bobby Boucher's mama? How she used to call everything the devil? Yeah, ego be the devil. It's great to have a healthy ego but very few of us have mastered having a healthy ego. Ego. It be fucking shit up. I'm not going to lie to you. It shits on the party of life. It's it's no bueno. So anyways, I think that a lot of people on this ghetto planet Earth, they still think that an apology is solely used in the event of an admission of guilt or right versus wrong, and that's why they can't bring themselves to apologize. Um, I used to be that person before I evolved and grew and learned that everyone has different experiences, even if we're experiencing, quote unquote, the same event, everyone is at different levels of growth, everyone is at different levels of consciousness. So what you're experiencing and what I'm experiencing could very well be two different things. Therefore, an apology can just be an acknowledgement of another person's viewpoint. So for example, let's say that uh, let's call you DeQuante. <laughs> yeah, you're DeQuante. Because uh, I've grown fond of that name. So I say something to you, DeQuante, and you're like completely offended by it. And like, I'm totally unaware because I'm just speaking. I'm not intending to hurt you. I'm not coming at you, you know, with the intent to offend or be malicious or tear you down or anything like that. But based on your perceptive and my perceptive, whatever, whatever, you're offended. Okay? So you say, hey, Cam, when you said XYZ, it really hurt my feelings, and I was offended by that shit. Okay, I accept that. As an evolved, emotionally aware, and spiritually mature person, I'm capable of saying to you, to Quante, I heard you say that when I said XYZ to you, it hurt you, and it offended you. And that was not my intention, and for that, I apologize. That seems simple, yeah? No. No. They don't. They, they don't be doing it. Because nowhere in that statement was there an admission of guilt, 
Or is it making me wrong and DeQuante right? Like, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm wrong about what I'm saying. And you're completely right about whatever, whatever, you know? It's not about that. It is simply acknowledging that how I showed up in that moment, in that conversation, offended DeQuante and how it made him feel. So I'm acknowledging, yeah, I can see how it would make you feel that way. That was not my intention. Doesn't mean I'm retracting the sentiment of what I'm saying because I can still put conviction behind my beliefs. I don't, I'm not required to change that. But I'm simply acknowledging that, hey, the way you took that was not my intention. Perhaps it was even my delivery. I apologize for that. I don't think that's a really hard thing to do. And if you don't have that knowledge or information before, then maybe you're moving off of the old way of thinking that, you know, apologizing is saying that you're wrong. But if you know that to be true and you know that that's what it is and you still can't bring yourself to apologize, you're a jerk. And, you know, sometimes what we take or what we express as offense is not really offense. What happens is sometimes when someone says something to us and we feel that we're offended, what's really happening is spirit is convicting us. Spirit is saying, hey, this is an area of growth that we already know needed attending to and it hit a nerve. And therefore, we feel that we're being offended when really spirit is like, bitch, I'm trying to help you. I am using DeQuante as a vessel to get you right. Get past your offense so that you can grow. Okay, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But again, apologizing does not mean you're saying, hey, I'm completely wrong about this. It's just saying I acknowledge that what I said made you feel X, Y, Z. I apologize. That was not my intention. But I'm telling you, there are people out there who just refuse to do it or they'll gaslight you and make you feel that the way that you're coming across is irrational or not based on anything. And those are people you need to really be leery of. I would really encourage you to pay attention to the people in your life. And if you find that there's someone who consistently, when they are put in the position of having to be made accountable and to offer an apology, if they have every fucking excuse in the world and can go on a two-minute monologue as to why they don't owe you one instead of just apologizing, the niggas are crazy. You need to run away and you need to cease and desist. Moving on to my next segment, which I like to call self-care. So, let's just get the basics out of the way. Some people will have you think that self-care is going to the spa, getting your hair did, getting your nails did. I consider that to be pampering, which is much different than self-care. So, self-care, it's more inwardly, it's more of a awareness of self and honoring what the body, mind, and spirit need from moment to moment in order to make sure that you are balanced. And a lot of us don't know how to do this, especially women, because before we're even born, we are essentially programmed to be of service to others. When I was a kid, I was given baby dolls and kitchen play sets and easy bake ovens. And it's like, nigga, why am I diapering this toy baby? I'm four. This is too much fucking responsibility. So, you know, 
it's it's supposed to be a good thing or a noble thing for us to like run our bodies and our minds into the ground and martyr ourselves for our children and our men and our want bullshit. I call bullshit. Bull. That's what Bernie Mac would say. That's a mo bull. So for me, so we can just make sure we're all on the same page and understanding the context of self-care. Self-care is a variable of things that you either do or do not do in order to keep yourself in harmony with self. So that can look like so many different things from from moment to moment. And like I said, um, we'll discuss practicing mindfulness and presence and awareness. But essentially, living your authentic self includes you being upfront with yourself about what it is that you need in the present moment in order to be in alignment. So, and I love that because it's it's uh not static, meaning that it can change and it's fluid and it should change because we change from day to day. We grow day to day. So, um you know, self-care today could look like for example, me. I had a yoga class at 8:15 tonight. I just got back into yoga after a two-month hiatus. I had to wait two months to come back because I had a very serious bronchial infection. And I go to hot yoga, which means the room is 105 degrees, humidity is at 40%, and that is literally like insta-death to bronchitis lungs. It was like, bitch, no. So I was ordered on bed rest, and I had to wait it out. And I went back for the first time last night, and I felt great. Now, after yoga which got out at about 9.15, I came home, I showered, I got dressed, and then I went to the studio. And I was at the studio all night until 7.45 this morning when I got home and went to sleep. And then I only slept for two hours because I had to get up and continue on with, you know, the obligations that I had for the day. So basically, it's about 9.30 p.m. now, Pacific Standard Time. And I've been up for hours and hours and hours so you know my body I was starting to feel like I feel my muscles very tired right now um with going to hot yoga because you can get sick if you you know eat too quickly or too closely to the class you have to fast for like two and a half hours before class so I'd been fasting and I was hungry as shit I haven't gotten any sleep I'm sleep deprived so I'm tired as fuck it's not a good idea cam to go into a 105 degree room with 40% humidity and be trying to bust a move with these yoga poses, tree poses, rabbit pose, savasana and all this shit when you literally are like finna fall out. So tonight self-care was we're not going to yoga. There are other things that we can do to be productive as we lie in bed and recuperate and get the rest that we so motherfucking desperately need. And that's what I'm doing. I'm still being productive. I'm still honoring myself. I'm still taking care of what I need to take care of. But I'm avoiding a very high medical bill from having to be rushed to the hospital from passing out in the middle of class and ruining and ruining the class for everybody else. So self-care, that's what it looks like for me today. I'm staying home, I'm in bed, I'm recording this podcast naked. Naked is my default. I wear clothes because society says that if I don't, I can be charged with public lewdness and indecency. But naked is my preferred uh, clothing method or non-clothing method. So I'm naked, 
I'm comfortable and this that's self-care for me tonight. Now tomorrow, self-care may look different. Again, if we're being present and mindful, we're practicing from moment to moment. What's going to work for me today may not work for me tomorrow. Because if I'm smart and I get a full night's rest, then okay, yoga can be on for tomorrow. Because I have the energy, if I plan my meals properly and time it right, the fasting won't bother me. You know, things of that nature. So I would just advocate for you to... Listen to your body, listen to yourself, because I truly believe that our bodies are self-prescriptive and we, we hold all the capabilities within to heal ourselves. We know what we need more than anybody. And what we really need to do is break beyond these societal barriers that make us feel guilty for doing shit that keeps us balanced. For example, if your friends want to go turn up tonight and you just don't have the energy, whether it be physical, mental, whatever, it's okay to say, hey, I tell my friends all the time, like, I won't be able to make it tonight, bro. Y'all have fun. Love y'all. Or, you know, today's a mental health day for me. I can't make it. You should, assuming that you are, you know, friends with people who are loving, who are understanding, who themselves have emotional awareness, they should understand. I had a show on Sunday on my birthday, which was March 1st. And my friends, like not all the crew can make it because some of them were sick. One one of my homies, her allergies was fucked up. I'm not going to sit here and be like, ah, wah, wah, can't make it to my show because it's an out. Like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not her. I'm not in her body. I can't tell her what her body needs. And I advocate for people to honor themselves from moment to moment. And like I said, employ that self-care and do what's best for you. She couldn't make it out. She couldn't make it out next time. And that's how it works. So, I mean, it's not just physical. It could be, you know, you have toxic family members. Whenever they call you, all it is is family drama. And who said what to whom. And gossip, gossip, gossip. And womp, womp, womp. And low vibrational bullshit. And we broke. And we this. And we... Okay, self-care is saying, you know what? I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to acknowledge or entertain that type of conversation because, believe it or not, all of the things that we say, do, think, and feel and the ways that we behave, they respond and correspond to a frequency. So low vibrational energy like gossiping, complaining, you know, that sort of those sorts of things, that shit will wear on you. And you know this to be true because I know, I know at least one of y'all, I'm not alone here, knows at least one person where it's like, damn, every time that person is like done dealing with me, I feel drained. I feel like the life just got sucked out of me. I feel fucking depressed. You know, that's you're responding to their low vibrational energy. So self-care again can be protecting your energy. I'm the biggest advocate of protecting your energy. For me, I keep my phone on do not disturb, period. I have a setting where, you know, if I deem you worthy enough and you get added to my favorites, nobody gets added to my favorites, except for my daughter. Um, you know, especially if she's with her dad, I need to be able to get instant communication from her. But other than her, my phone is on do not disturb. I screen my calls. I screen my texts because for me, it gives me anxiety when my phone is just ringing. You know, uh, that's not good for my mental health. 
So for me, self-care looks like keeping my shit on do not disturb. I'm a very responsive person. So once I screen my calls, my texts, and I see, you know, who it is, if I'm in the in the mood for that kind of energy, again, self-care, what you need from moment to moment, then I'll respond or I'll wait. Whatever the situation may be, I let spirit direct me. Um, but yeah, so we'll be doing these segments every week, but I want you guys to get into the practice of listening to yourselves, listening to your bodies, what you need, and not being scared to honor what it is that you need, and fuck who gets offended. And honestly, if they do get offended, the universe is revealing something very important to you. It may be time to, you know, switch up your circle, because people who love, honor, and respect you would respect that you need time, that you need a day off. So there you go. Self-care. So, on the topic of listening, let's move on to my next segment. I call it Message. (laughs) shout out to the black classic don't be a menace to south central while drinking your juice in the hood if you know you know if you don't you better google that shit i'm not about to sit here and explain every aspect of black culture to you but in this segment message i'm going to discuss how the universe is constantly sending us messages now there are times where we don't see it we're not aware of it But it's not because it's not there. It's because our current level of consciousness is not allowing for us to know these things at this point in time. So Iyanla Van Zandt, I endearingly call her Auntie Iyanla, and I hope she's not offended by that because I can't keep track of who doesn't want us to call them Auntie. But anyways, she has a saying called that says, everything is a lesson that God would have us learn. So whether you believe in God or the universe or nothing, just the circle of life, everything is a lesson that life would have us learn. Everything is a lesson that the universe, that God would have us learn. Whatever you want to replace that with, it's still a lesson. Let's not get caught up in semantics. And I truly believe that. I really do. It's sometimes hard to remember that that these are lessons being presented to us because we feel personally attacked by what's happening. So it can become hard to remember that. But that is what life is about. So the message for today is redirect. I would encourage all of us, myself included, to redirect the experiences that we're having back onto ourselves. And what I mean by that is essentially taking accountability and responsibility for what is showing up in your life. Because you're you. You run your life. Allegedly. Allegedly. So she can't show up unless you permit it or allow it. Even the bad stuff. I know you don't want to hear it. I know you're offended. But I don't apologize right now because you need to hear this shit. So instead of taking, let's say, for example, a felt relationship and just doing the lazy thing, which is to say something cliche like niggas ain't shit or all men, blah, 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 or women, wah, wah, wah. Stop. Stop it. Stop. Let's redirect. 
Because in reality, your reality is a byproduct of your thinking and your beliefs. I'm going to say that again. Let me rewind. Your reality is a byproduct, which is, in other words, to say a consequence or result of your thinking and your beliefs. So when I say beliefs, I don't mean like I believe in God. I don't believe in a death penalty. I believe that fat meat is greasy. I mean beliefs as in the narrative that you tell yourself about yourself to yourself and the innermost beliefs that you have about yourself. This is something that I learned the ugly tragic way. And like I said, some of y'all are not ready to hear this. That's fine. I'm speaking to those who are in the consciousness to receive it. And I'm going to speak on it because it needs to be said. So you can say you want a good man. You can say you want a good woman. You can say that with your face. I'm, I'm looking at you say it. Been there. But if in your essence... If in your being, if in that self-talk, that invisible mind chatter that no one else is privy to, that you know exists, in those thought patterns and innermost beliefs, if those don't truly support what's coming out of your mouth, then you will continue to attract what you believe to be true about yourself. We don't attract what we say we want. We attract what we believe to be true about ourselves, which is some deep shit if you let that just sit. Let that resonate, marinate, permeate. So, Cat Williams said so eloquently in one of his stand-up specials, if you're over 25 and still saying all niggas ain't shit, you need to find out what it is about your pussy. Your pussy. That's attracting ain't shit niggas. And when I heard that, I mean, I had seen that st- that stand-up special before, but wherever I was, spatially, when I heard it this time, I was like, oh, dang. Oh, dang. Bruh, this is for me. This is for me. Because, I mean, it hit hard. It hurt. I was like, oh, oh. But it is the truth. T-R-O-O-F. The truth. So the next time you're inclined to blame somebody else for where you're at in life or what you're going through, I really want you to stop. Please, please. I encourage you to ask yourself, why am I attracting this? Because, you know, same thing like with the apology. We think of it in such a binary way, black and white, right or wrong, I think that the problem with taking responsibility or accountability or redirecting back to ourselves or where I see people resist that is in order to do that, you have to admit that you be making some fucked up choices. You can deny it all you want, all your days, but if your life is trash, bro, I mean, I'm not saying your life is trash, but if you're seeking something beyond what you're living and you're not satisfied with what's going on in your life, there's dissatisfaction and displeasure. If you keep lying to yourself about the cause, about the root cause of that, 
you'll never heal. Ever, ever, never, ever, forever, never, forever, ever? No. So you got to be honest. You got to be real honest. Nobody's trying to shame you. Nobody is trying to judge you. We literally all inherit a crap ton of shit. And it's not our fault. But yo, it's our responsibility to really navigate all of those things in order to heal. Or don't. And just live a shitty life. If you like the taste of shit, turn the podcast off. That's that's on you, boo-boo. I take no offense because I want my life to be on track and in order. So I'm being honest. I'm doing what I need to do, which requires that I be real about the choices that I've made that have led me up to this point. And it is what it is. I'd rather get that out in the open and just be like, yeah, a nigga made some bad choices instead of just, you know, displacing blame. It's it's much it's hard, but it's much better. So um, it's just something you got to do. You know, it's something it's essential to laying a foundation of healing. If you're still in that victim mentality where your life is the result of everyone else's doing, then, you know, you probably have more inner work, more shadow work to do before you get to the point where you're ready to do the actual work of healing. Because it's all about accountability. It's not going to be anybody else's job to heal what's going on with you. You have to acknowledge that, yeah, although crappy people exist, not all crap people land in good people's yards. Like, you're the one that's like, let me take you in, little crappy cat, little crappy nigga cat. Let me uh fix your wounds while I'm, like, not even aware of my own wounds completely. And let's just make a fucking crap life together. And let's put band-aids on this shit and pretend we're in love instead of what's really going on, which is a motherfucking trauma bond. If you want to be real with it, you need to break that shit up. Break it up. Break it up. Break it up. Separate. Depart. In the words of Bernie Mac. So yes, redirect. That's the that's the point of this whole segment. Ask yourself, why am I attracting this? Why is this showing up in my life? And what can I do at this point to make changes and choices that will bring about different results? Sometimes it's a matter of saying no to certain things. I, in particular, had to go celibate because it was just impossible for me to be able to clearly discern people who were here for me and people who weren't when sex was in the way. And that was just something it just had to be done. You know, for you, it may be cutting off certain people. It may be stopping certain habits. Maybe, you know, you don't drink anymore because it impairs your judgment when it comes to who you're dealing with and when you decide to give of yourself to people, whatever the case may be. It's all about redirection and it's all about self-reflection and introspection. And I encourage you all to start that journey because the longer you wait to get on that train of thinking of why is it that I'm allowing this? Why is it that this is showing up in my life? For one, you take away your power and your sense of agency and your sense of authority to be able to alter your reality. Um, You're leaving it up to someone else, which is more scary to me than actually just being upfront about what the fuck it is and doing the work, you know? And again, it's not going to get you where you need to be. So that's the message for today. Message. And I hope some of that resonated with you.
So for the main topic of today, I'd like to discuss healing. So just so that we're all on the same page, when I refer to the term healing, I'm referring to a path that you set yourself on, which includes things that you do or do not do to keep yourself and to bring yourself in alignment with your highest, most truest self. And that healing path is going to look different for different people. But the most important thing is that you begin. So how do we do that? The first thing I'll say is you need to take accountability for where you are right now in life. Whether it's good or bad, that's up to you and your perception. But wherever you are in life, you need to take accountability and responsibility for where you are. Because ultimately, you are you. You're the authority and you're the sense of agency in your life. So everyone, everything, every circumstance that is presenting itself in your life has to be authorized to stay by you. Otherwise, who's running your shit? Who's running it? It's supposed to be you. So whether you acknowledge that it was a subconscious manifestation or not... It was you that has brought these different people and situations into your life. So if you're not satisfied with what's showing up in your life, if you're not happy with the choices that you're making, this is definitely an indication that there is some inner work and some shadow work that needs to be addressed and completed in order to set you on the path of healing. So for example, with me, my biggest thing was serial monogamy. I grew up in a fucked up house it's crazy because when I used to recount my childhood I don't know why I thought I had a good childhood it wasn't until I started noticing like as a young adult in my 20s like damn I'm getting into toxic relationships like straight up abusive unhealthy situations with people and it's crazy because I'm beautiful I'm talented I'm smart I'm very intelligent so you would think that I'd be making better choices right And uh, that's a common judgment that we place on people, which is completely unfair because you have no idea where they've come from. You have no idea of their upbringing. And pathology is what's going to beat out logic every single time. So I remember watching a documentary about Whitney Houston. And she's talking about how she was very insecure and, you know, had just lots of emotional issues, which is crazy because she's one of probably the most gifted vocalist of our time period and you know she's having issues with drugs and mastering her emotions and getting into a toxic relationship with bobby brown and it's like from the outside looking in it's like you have all this shit going for yourself why would you why would you choose to deal with this fuck nigga he was successful but he was still a fuck nigga his ways were very toxic but she had toxic traits about her as well which is something called a trauma bond. And we'll do an episode on that as well. But basically what I'm saying is that you can't judge a person's ability to make choices for themselves based on how they show up in the world outwardly. So me being a singer and me being a straight A student and being intelligent and blah, 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 that had no bearing, nor did it override the fucked up traumatic pathology that I experienced as a child, which was really who was running my life my inner child and my inner trauma. My mom died when I was 14 years old of breast cancer. Her she died on Valentine's Day 2003. Her funeral was like 2 weeks later, like a couple of days before my birthday, which was like the shittiest thing ever. And my dad, he had been with um my stepmom. She was at the time she was honestly like a Disney stepmom. 
And later on in life, she admitted that she resented me, which that's a whole nother story because I had to basically get on my dad for not believing me when I would tell him like, I'm a hypersensitive. I'm an empath. So I sense shit. As a teenager, I sensed that she wasn't fucking with me and that she didn't like me and that because of it, she was making my life and the relationship between me and my dad more difficult. But as far as the world was concerned, I was just a teenager in angst and I'm angry and I have issues and nobody wanted to believe me and that deeply hurt me. So that's a conversation I had to have with my father. But basically, he was emotionally unavailable. He was caught up in his new family, his new wife, his new life. And I felt that he wasn't there for me. So growing up, I basically was an orphan. I physically didn't have a mom and emotionally did not have a dad or a safe space where I could be myself or express what I was dealing with or going through. So as a result, what happened is I learned a very toxic way to deal with men because me and my dad's pattern is he would, you know, provide for me on one hand with the clothing and the shelter or whatever. But on the other hand, he was very, uh, it was like a dictatorship. It was a totalitarianism type of establishment where he had to control everything. He was always all up in my fucking business and it made me rebel. And so he even put his hands on me several times. Police got caught. It was a whole thing. So what I'm saying to you is that regardless of what I had going for myself in the realm of talent and intelligence or whatever, I grew up learning that it was okay to be in a toxic relationship with a man and for him to still say that he loved me and for that to also be true. So when you question choices later on in life, like, why am I with this fuck nigga? Oh, because he's saying he loves me. But wait a minute. The way he's showing up is toxic as fuck, bitch. But okay, where did we learn this from? Good old dad. So it's normal. I've normalized this behavior. And this is what I'm actually seeking out now on a subconscious level when I'm looking for men. And I got to a point where I was essentially, you know, at a crossroads. Like, listen, I'm too emotional. I'm too, at this point, you know, I get too emotionally invested with these people and they really don't give a fuck about me. And if I come across one more nigga who uses me, who financially abuses me, physically or emotionally abuses or abandons me, I'm going to run this nigga over with my car. I'm going to end up unsnapped. They're going to put me in jail and that's going to be it for you. That's going to be it for the story of Cam. And bitch, do you look like you supposed to belong in it? No, that don't even that don't even sound right. Nowhere in my story, me going to prison, me going to jail, especially behind nobody who's not even worth it. Like these men didn't deserve to even know my name, let alone have access to my body, my heart, my mind, my finances, my loyalty, any of that shit. So for me, my healing pattern or my healing path was acknowledging that I have a pattern of getting into toxic relationships with men who have nothing to offer me. They're users. And as an empath, you have to be very careful because empaths are like magnets. And when I say magnets, I mean straight up like that uh, moth killer buzzer thing you put outside where they gravitate to the light and it's like zzzz. Like empaths are the moths and narcissists are like the little moth traps. We that like the number I have a PhD in narcissistic dating because that's all I seem to attract as an empath 
just in my in my love life and that's for a reason it's there's a there's a reason behind that so knowing these things and knowing that this is my pattern what I had to do as far as my healing path I had to shut everything down because what happens is you begin to want to do things that you would naturally do but if what you naturally do is dysfunctional as fuck it takes a while to rewire your brain for healthy interactions. And to be honest, I'm still in the process of doing that. And it was impossible for me to try to date people and at the same time vet them while having sexual relationships. So I made the personal choice to be celibate. I stopped basically having, you know, I don't even know if you could call that regular, but I was in a what I thought to be a monogamous relationship with an ex that ended in December of 2018, December 3rd, 2018. That's when I dropped the nigga off at LAX. And that's the last time I got late. So ever since that day, I decided, hey, is dick worth your sanity, bitch? Because at this point, what's happening is not cool. It's getting, it's escalating in terms of the intensity of the toxicity and it's in your anger at this point because keep in mind not only am I angry at these dudes on the surface for being assholes I'm angry with myself for not having the self-worth or the self-love to do better and to choose better and not knowing why I can't choose better because at that point I wasn't aware of just how deeply my childhood and my relationship with my father impacted my decisions and when I was choosing men but also just angry at my dad angry at you know like there was so there's so many different levels of repressed anger that I was dealing with so it would be times where I'm reacting to the dude doing something stupid but the reaction was like volcanic levels of rage that didn't warrant that type of response based on the infringement I mean, the nigga needed to be cussed out, but it's like, okay, I'm doing extra. And I would ask myself, like, why are you why are you so extra? And it's because what I'm really responding to is the pattern of toxic abuse from dating all the way back to my dad. So long story short, that was my pattern. I mean, there are other things, but that for me, that was like the biggest thing. Like if I had to say you know, name one thing that I felt was preventing me from growing. It was these fucked up choices that I'm making in these relationships because I felt that I never got love and I was willing to accept it while compromising standards for myself. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a situation where you've been with a partner and you just kind of have this feeling where you feel like, damn, like I'm selling myself out. Like I, I, I'm saying on the outside that I'm happy and I'm satisfied and I'm in love or whatever. But on a deeper level, when I'm really honest with myself, like I feel like I'm selling myself short. And that's how you know that you're compromising in order to be with someone. And that's a big red flag and an indication that maybe your trauma is the one that's running this desire to be with this person and that it may in fact be a trauma bond. I can honestly say at this point, I don't I don't think that I've ever really been in love the way that I know love to be now, now that I know what a healthy um, reciprocal love looks like. 
Not to say that at those times when I was with those people that what I thought to be love and what I experienced to be love in those moments didn't feel real to me. But now that I know what it's, you know, what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to go, I absolutely can say that I really truly have never been in love the way that I desire. So for me, on my healing path, just being mindful of that, shutting down the pussy, I had to, you know... I had to basically shut it down. I had to put it on clank clank because I wasn't able to make clear decisions. And, you know, it doesn't bother me like that anymore. Honestly, it doesn't bother me at all because I know at this point that my desire to grow and to be better outweighs the desire to have a few moments of sex, which I can also do myself. Let's just be real, okay? And and honestly, I can sex myself better than a stranger can sex me. So until I know who you are, until I know what you're about, until I have time to properly vet you, this is off limits. And if that's a problem for you, I'm so happy to know that. You know, I don't take offense to that because what that tells me is that your intentions are not the same as my intentions. And that's exactly why it's not a method to control people or test people. This is simply my boundary, which is so important to have when you're healing. I had no boundaries growing up. Implementing boundaries. And a boundary is something that allows you to be there for others and be there for yourself simultaneously without compromising your values or your mental health or your sanity or your peace. So for me, a boundary is... You don't get to fuck me. You don't get to fuck me. That's just a boundary. Like, I need to see outside of sex what you're here for. And if you truly see me the way that I need to be seen in order for that to even be a part of the discussion. So I encourage all of you, no matter what phase of the healing process you're in, to constantly ask yourself and audit your thoughts, audit your thinking, audit your behavior. Why am I doing this? Is this something I truly want to do? Is this something I feel I need to do? And if this is something I feel I need to do, where is this need coming from? Is this stemming from fear? Is this stemming from trauma? Unhealed parts of me that have not yet been addressed? Because ultimately at the end of the day, I want to be able to say I run my life. I want to be able to say that I'm the master of my emotions. I'm the master of my thoughts. And I didn't just wake up and life just happened to me. And I didn't just wake up and all of a sudden have, you know, shit in my lap and people in my life who don't respect me, who don't honor me, who I don't feel are helping me grow and wondering, like, how did this happen? When you go unconscious, that's the risk that you take. So you make the choice. I made the choice to be conscious, to be aware. It's not an easy process. I'm not going to sit here and paint a rosy picture for you. There are moments where it's extremely beautiful. And I have moments where it just truly feels sacred to be in the space of healing. But the beginning, that shit is is ugly. I'm not going to lie to you. It's ugly. You have to sit with yourself and ask yourself questions that you've avoided probably for your whole life. And the most important thing that I'll say to that effect is when you are reflecting on your past, on your trauma, on your experiences, reflect on them with an attitude and tone of love and forgiveness and understanding. It's as simple as saying, listen, the way I was raised, I have no control over that. I absolutely have control over the way I choose to live my life now. 
and I don't fault or judge myself for the things that I've done and the choices that I've made because that was all I knew at the time and now I know better. And when you can allow yourself the space to be forgiving when reflecting reflecting upon your trauma, reflecting upon those experiences, it absolutely frees you and it absolutely helps to set the foundation for healing. Because if you're still in the process of judging yourself, criticizing yourself, being negative towards yourself, negative thought patterns, basically being self-deprecating, you're not in the space for healing. And I and I hope that you continue to work with yourself. If you're having negative thoughts, stop the thought in its track and break it down. When I have negative thoughts about myself, which, you know, nowadays is slim to none at this point, I'll break down the thought. I'll say, okay, you're feeling inadequate. You're feeling like you're not worthy or whatever the case may be. Why are you feeling this way? Is it because of some outside source that's making you feel this way? Okay, well, if it's an outside source, remember that no one has the authority to place worthiness onto you but you. So cut that shit out and let that shit go. Or whatever the case may be, you'll start to get really good at breaking down, you know, the thoughts that are worth giving energy to and the ones that need to be sent on their way. So... With that being said, we'll conclude this segment for today. But again, just to recap, healing is a number of things that you do or do not do in order to keep yourself and bring yourself into alignment with your highest, most truest self. Part of your healing process is recognizing your patterns, understanding why you do what you do so that you can, going forward, make better choices and make different choices. And also, lastly, but most importantly, being kind, being loving, being patient, and being forgiving with yourself as you're attempting something that has never been done before. So give yourself grace, give yourself patience, and most of all, give yourself time because it's taken a long time for you to be as fucked up as you are and it's going to take time for you to reverse the fucking up of the fucked upness. Okay, guys, this is our last segment of the day. This is our Q&A period. So on each podcast, I'll be taking anywhere from one to three questions, depending on the nature of the question and how long it'll take me to answer. So I would love to hear from you guys. I would so appreciate it if you could send your questions to the cosmic goddess podcast at gmail.com again that's the cosmic goddess podcast at gmail.com and who knows maybe your question will get answered on our next episode so for this q a segment on the entire topic of healing and redirecting and taking accountability and responsibility we have a question from one of our viewers who happens to also be a friend of mine. And I think this is a question that we can pretty much all relate to. We probably have all been here at some point. So the question is, why do I feel like a doormat? Why is it that I'm constantly feeling used and taken advantage of? And how do I stop it? That's a really great question because whether it be romantic, platonic, familial, I think we've all felt we were in positions or situations at one time or another where we were taken for granted and we weren't quite appreciated. 
So as much as I'd like to say it's the other person and in most aspects it is because you know, they don't have a sense of propriety or maybe aren't considerate. But ultimately, at the end of the day, to answer that question, the responsibility lies on you. It's your responsibility to set boundaries for yourself and make sure that there is a consequence for a violation of those boundaries. Because let's put it this way. If you're a kid And every time you ask your mom for a cookie, she gives you a cookie. You're going to always ask for a cookie because cookies are lit. Like who the fuck don't like cookies? That doesn't make any kind of sense. So expecting the child to all of a sudden have a sense of propriety and a sense of thoughtfulness about, okay, maybe I'm consuming too much sugar and maybe my teeth will rot and fall out. No, they want cookies. So apply that to your life if there are people in your life who are constantly being sweetened with your presence and your loyalty and your diligence and you're always showing up for people even though you don't feel like it you're loaning money out when you don't have it blah 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 whatever the case may be fill in the blank for whatever your scenario is until the boundary is set by you Please don't expect these people to all of a sudden say, I feel like I'm taking advantage of her too much. I feel like I'm abusing him too much. I feel like I rely on him. No, that shit. If you think that's going to happen, then you maybe you deserve to get walked on a little bit more because that's not even that's not even logical or reasonable. Because put it this way, someone who is considerate is considerate. They wouldn't be using you the way that they are. So. The only other alternative is that this person is not a considerate person. They don't have a sense of propriety. They don't have a sense of boundaries. And neither do you, honestly, because if you're allowing this to happen to the point where you're asking this question, this means that you've allowed your boundaries to be violated for far too long. So my answer to that question is set a boundary. It's going to feel weird. When I first started setting boundaries, I started feeling guilty, to be honest, with actually setting boundaries and telling people no, which is fucked up because you deserve the right to protect your peace, whatever that means for you. For me, I don't loan money to people. I was financially abused in nearly every relationship I've ever had. So therefore, as a policy for my sense of peace, I don't loan money to people, period. It's nothing personal. It's not against you. Maybe it is against you. I mean, there are people who I've loaned money to who I've never seen that money back. And it is what it is. So just as a rule of thumb, it's not something that I do. It isn't. And if we're in a group setting and maybe, okay, someone's short on cash or whatever and I offer to pay for it, I have a set amount in my head where, okay, this is the max amount of money that I'm willing to basically give away if in the event it never returns to me and not hold a grudge about it. So you need to figure out what those boundaries are for you and apply it to the situation that you're in. And they're also, most importantly, behind the boundary. There needs to be a consequence for the boundary. It's also important that you communicate to these people that you've set a boundary. Because if you've never had a boundary and they're used to getting their way, it's unfair for you to start penalizing people with consequences for boundaries that have not yet been set. So let's say, for example, there's someone in your life where every time you turn around, 
they want to like emotionally vomit on you and just spill their guts about every single thing that's like going on in their life they're with the same person they've been with the same person for a long time the relationship is toxic it's basically circling the drain we all know the cycle oh yeah he's gonna change or yeah she said it's it's gonna be better and then they're cool for a couple of hours or a couple of days or a couple of weeks and then shit hits the fan and girl you won't believe what happened quante and me whoop 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 and then i had to slash his tires and then whoop 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 okay so if for you that violates a boundary which for me it would because it's one thing I have friends and I'm no different where we all have issues. We all have shit that happens. But if this is a cycle and this is repetition, then you're making a choice. So yes, as a friend, I choose to be here for you. But if you're making the choice to stay in toxic situations, it's not my responsibility to bear the burden of you venting every time. It's like you're, you know, this is going to happen. This is a cycle same shit different day so let's say that's your situation and you're tired of it and you don't want to be this person's emotional vomit bag anymore so it may sound something like this hey DeQuante, i'm definitely your friend i want you to know i care for you i love you i'm here to support you but i can no longer participate in these venting sessions where you continue to speak to me about your girlfriend that you are in a toxic relationship with because it really disrupts my energy it really disrupts my peace and it's also frustrating as a friend to want to be able to offer you sound advice knowing that this is simply a cycle that will repeat So I hope you can understand that for the preservation of my peace and our friendship in the future, I would appreciate it if you wouldn't dump all of your relationship drama onto me. And that sounds like something hard to say. Maybe if you're hearing this for the first time, you'd say, oh, I could never say that to one of my friends. But trust me, you will get very comfortable in being clear and expressive about what it is you need to preserve your peace. Because it's not about kicking people out of your life unnecessarily. Give people the opportunity to rise to the occasion. You may be the very first person out of your friend group, out of your peer group, in your family, who's actually deciding to show up for themselves and to rewire unhealthy dysfunctional patterns and change them into new healthy ones. So they may not even have any experience with someone who's expressed what a boundary is. Most people don't fucking know what a boundary is. So give them that opportunity to rise to the occasion. And if they don't, there is a set consequence. If in the future, DeQuante, you continue to, you know, emotionally vomit and vent and bring up all of this toxicity with your girlfriend, then I'm going to have to excuse myself from the conversation. And you have to be willing to go through with that consequence. So do not list a consequence that you are not committed to following through with. Because all it does is reinforce the same toxic patterns that you were doing before that has you in the situation where you're asking this question, why am I a doormat? So I hope that answered your question. If you have any additional questions, any other topics that you'd like to have covered, again, I would love for you guys to email me, thecosmicgoddesspodcast at gmail.com. And that concludes our Q&A. 
Okay, guys, this is it. We're nearing the very end of our first episode of the Cosmic Goddess Podcast. We did it. We did it. We recorded our very first episode. Very first episode. Very first episode. Yeah, um, I'm very excited, as you can tell. I'm so happy that you all joined me. It's only going to get better. I'm not that great with technology. I am conquering my irrational fear of technology and utilizing it as best I can to continue to create and get my gifts out to you guys. So with that being said, I definitely appreciate and ask for your patience as these episodes evolve and continue. The quality will get better. There'll be more bells and whistles. It'll be a lot fancier. But this is a start. I've put feet to faith. I definitely am proud of doing that because a lot of us tend to procrastinate and want to wait for things to be quote unquote perfect before we start. And perfect does not exist, which means you'll never start. So I'm at the very least proud of myself for doing this. This podcast is something I've been wanting to do for quite a long time. And I hope that more of you continue to join me on this healing journey as we navigate life together on this ghetto planet called Earth. Until I meet with you again, I wish you peace, love, light, and positivity. And I'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hey, hey, y'all. You've just been listening to the very first episode of the Cosmic Goddess Podcast with me, Camila Chevelle. I'd love for you all to tune in next week when we tackle a topic that's on everybody's minds all around the world right now, and that's the coronavirus or COVID-19. More specifically, we will be discussing the emotional and social impact that the coronavirus and the mandated quarantine is having on all of us as a society. For our message, we'll tap into the idea of the fear of stillness and also challenge one another to be comfortable during this time of discomfort and facing the unknown. We'll get into some self-care tips and different things that you can do during this quarantine and how to show up for yourself and others when we can't physically be there. I hope you'll join me next week and until then, I wish you love, light, peace, and positivity.